for two. Kickers are extra, I give them the boot. Ooh, going for two. Sit back, relax while I grab me a brew. Ooh, now I'm reclining while putting my time and I'm ready to go. My spine is aligning and much my lineups, my bank account grows. I am so rich, but knowledge is all that I'm leaving here with. Ooh, listen to this. Multiple options, how far can I get? Ooh, DFS Dynasty Redraft, and I am not finishing last. I'm finishing past any and all I am looking to last. What else? This spot is popping and I am so locked in and only opening the door when it is opportunity knocking and all of these spots keep on talking and talking. So what are we talking? What kind of alignment and running it deep? Even players forgotten or came from the bottom or hitting that topping and this spot is popping. Yeah, this spot is popping and woo! This is the arm chat. Yeah. Put up your arms. Yeah. Sound the alarm. Yeah. What is going on, guys, and welcome to episode 340 of the Armchair Fantasy Show. I am your host, of course, Jeff Lambert. You can follow me on Twitter at JeffLambert77. Of course, we are live here every Wednesday night on Facebook Live, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch, and of course, syndicated in all major podcast networks. Uh, if you are currently watching us on YouTube, make sure you hit that like and subscribe button for us. It really helps us out with the algorithm, and make sure you comment uh, in the channel there. We got the chat rolling, so... Uh, let me introduce you to my co-host, of course, Mr. Ryan Searfoss. What's up, Ryan? Hi, I'm glad to be here tonight. I was running a little bit late. I'm a little bit discombobulated. I'm never, I'm normally not late. <laughs> this is true. You as much as a little, pre- rep- little preparation deal, I'm normally not late, and I've, I'm off. I feel <laughs> off right now, so I hope I catch up and get my brain back. I need some beer in me. Yeah, you'll be good. But I'm, be glad, good. I'm glad about our guest tonight. It's been a while. Been we, a didn't while. Get a real, we didn't get to introduce him beforehand. It, 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 feels, it feels weird. It feels weird. Glad to be here. Yeah, I think it's the first time we've had him on the show. I think a couple of times we tried to get him on, and for some reason it just didn't work out. But uh, of course, no, Mr. he's been on a couple of times. Has he been on the show? It's been a while. Then has been it's been a been a while. I, I I don't. I think I've been on with Ryan before. Oh, maybe. I yeah. think we did a zero RB. We did a zero RB a couple years. Oh, that ago. was on my other show. You were like yeah. one of three guests we ever. We've only had three guests on that show ever over through <laughs> Nancy Big Board, and you were one of them. Well, now I feel I feel honored now. Yeah, you should like, feel special because I'm not even good. one of them. I've never even been invited. Yeah, well, Je- Jeff's <laughs> never even been invited. We 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 quit doing we quit doing guests after that series. <laughs> oh, Kevin shut it down, right? Kevin, he was the last one. That was the last straw. Yeah, the, the everybody <laughs> came with the pitchforks when they heard about Zero RB, and that was like, no, we can't have that anymore. Not happening. <laughs> All right, let me get the intro out of here. Kevin Tompkins, he is a writer at FantasyAlarm.com and host of the Lightning Round podcast. You can follow him at K Tompkins. And what's the II for? Is that the second or is that? That, that is the second. That is the Roman numerals to make me uh, feel like I'm smarter gotcha. uh, instead of just throwing the number two on there. But I am indeed the second. I am the second Kevin Tompkins. Good stuff. So for my listeners that don't know who you are, give us a quick rundown of what you do in the fancy space, Kevin. Yeah, uh, I write for Fantasy Alarm, do our target report every Thursday. I can also find me in the Fantasy Alarm Discord. Uh, big happy family there. Of course, Lightning Round every Tuesday on the Fantasy Alarm YouTube as well as Better Sports Network with Britt Flynn and Andrew Cooper. Uh, so, yeah, you can fi- You also know me. You know, I do Zero RB. Uh, it's a lifestyle choice at this point. Uh, has my brand kind of uh, intertwined with it there. But uh Hate running backs, never drafted one in my life. Never drafted one in your life. All right, love it. It's weird. I'm in a league with you. You went RB the first three rounds. Which which league? I got. I got. I'm just. I, I was. Thinking, I don't know. 
Uh, who are your sources? Yeah. No, uh, you know, I have to, with this ADP like this year, you know, we have to grow and evolve. We have, we can't just take, you know, our prior, you know, ADPs and just kind of dig off of that. We, I drafted a lot of running backs, you know, this year, some early, like I love Tony Pollard. I love Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, so I'm happy to take like one of those guys to kind of build an anchor out that way, but still love me some wide receivers Still love me elite tight end, elite quarterback. and. And kind of build it that way. I, I feel like, you know, with later guys, you can sort of MacGyver the running back position because look, we're already seeing guys drop like flies and we're yep. look at the waivers this week. Kyron Williams, Joshua Kelly, Justin, All running backs. Justice Hill, right? You yep. can, you can manage production each week. Good stuff. All right, guys, today's show, as always, brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Check out their leading best ball leagues with huge tournaments, private leagues, and pickums for all major sports. Use our promo code GF2 to get a deposit match up to 100 bucks. It's as simple as that. Sign up. Use promo code GF2. Start drafting your best ball teams. And today on the show, we'll be doing some pickums as well, so you can see how easy it is to do pickums. Uh, unless you live in the Pittsburgh area like Ryan, you can't do pickums. Uh, but uh, in my area, we can. So if, you, if you're in an area that you can do them, uh, you'll see how easy they are tonight. Uh, we're also going to be doing some breakout or fake out tonight with some of the uh, guys that, you know, week one that had some big games. We'll do some week two bounce back, some guys that had bad games last week that we hope can uh, bounce back this year. We'll answer a few of your questions. But of course, as always, kick it off with the nonsense draft. Attention, everyone. Let's mock draft. All right. Today we are drafting things that everybody likes but that you hate. And Kevin, you are the guest and guests always go first. So you got the one-on-one here. Oh man. Um, am I ready to drive out uh, your audience quite <laughs> so soon? I mean, uh, cause mine would be star Wars. Oh, not. A, I, not I literally a, just watched a song tonight. You son of a. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. He'll hear me out. I've seen at least the first six movies. I've seen the whole, you know, the six movies. They're just not for me. I love the music. I love John Williams. Just it does nothing for me. They, the movies look like they were shot with a potato. <laughs> like, I just I just can't get into those movies. But the music is great. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll allow it. I'm a big Star Wars fan. Everybody knows. My daughter and I, she's 10. We've been catching up on all the movies. She's seen all the movies now. We've done all the shows. We're watching Ahsoka Tana, as Ryan just mentioned. We haven't watched the, the, the latest one yet, cool. but... Uh, cool. I've, I've seen some clips on TikTok, some spoilers, and I, I can't wait to see it. She's gonna be, she's gonna flip out when she sees it. So I'll allow it though. You're the guest, so we'll allow you to not like Star Wars. Fair enough. All right, so I'm up at the uh, 102 here, and I, I don't know this one. I'm not, I'm not sure where Ryan falls on this one. I know he he likes some of the music that I like. We listen to some of the same music, but I'm not sure where Ryan falls. But I am not a fan of country music at all. Like I never realized how popular country music was until they uh, when iTunes combined country music and regular music onto the same charts. And now you go to iTunes and literally like six of the top 10 songs happen to be country songs. And I just I can't get into it. I just never been able to get into it. Uh, I got family from the South. They all listen to country music. I just, it's just it's just not for me. I listen to almost exclusively country music now. <laughs> Seriously, I. Yeah, I, I listen. To, I like listening to country. I give either like country, punk rock, or hip hop. Like it's weird. Yeah, see, but I, it's been I, heavily country. That's like all the concerts I went to this summer. Wow. Yeah, I just like, I, I don't. Go ahead, Kevin. Yeah. Go ahead, Kevin. Oh, I'm just gonna say I'm sorry. Uh, my 
like my the best concert I've ever been to was Garth Brooks and Trisha Yearwood. And then probably in at least in my top five, Tim McGraw has to be in there too. Nice. Um, so I'm not even the biggest country music person, really. Kind of grew up with it because I, I live with my grandmother and she loved like Vince Gill and George Strait and like all those guys. And I was like big on that. Summer. That's like classic, like Marty, like Marty Robbins, classic country. But you know, there's, I, I, they have some good stuff. Like I'm not big into like now country, but like nineties, 2000 country. Like I'm not big at Toby Keith either, but like, yeah, Garth Brooks is fantastic. Tim McGraw. I'm down with that. Fair enough. Yeah. I just, I never got into it. I listened to literally all kinds of music. I mean, I got playlists that's got old school hip hop and, you know, nineties uh, rock and everything else, but just country, just something I never could get into. This wasn't my thing. All right, Ryan, you're up at the 103 here. Uh, I was going to say people, but if it were you, but um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm doing twofer because they go hand in hand and I don't like either of them. I don't like Johnny Depp or Pirates of the Caribbean. I think they're goofy. I think he overacts. I think he's an overrated actor. I don't enjoy the movies. I know he loves them and they're super high grossing. I just don't get them. I don't like them. I don't like him. He's. I don't. I think he's one of the most overrated actors on the planet. Wow. I just hate him. I'm. I'm glad. I'm glad his pillow got shit on. <laughs> <laughs> I have heard that he kind of plays the same character in a lot of his movies. I've heard that criticism before. I I personally like those movies and I like him in it, but. Uh, I can see where if you're not a fan, I can see why you wouldn't like it. So good, good, good. One hundred and three. All right, Kevin, back to you at the one hundred and four here. Uh, let's see. I have a list of things that I could go through. I'm trying to see what would be maybe the less, uh, the least uh, driving out your audience. Um, we like pineapple. Extra offensive. Pa- pineapple. I'll go with oh. pineapple. I'm not a fan of pineapple. I am definitely a pineapple doesn't belong on pizza guy. I, I agree. Um, even just sta- standalone, not great. I will say the only thing that I've had with pineapple that I really enjoy is like a pineapple mango sour that I had at the expo two years ago. Um, cool. at I believe yeah. it was called Fatheads, but that's about it. I'm a big sour guy as far as beer goes, and I was very Me skeptical too. about pineapple in that, but that was good. Otherwise, the actual fruit, no thanks. So Fatheads is the spot. Yeah, that's what I keep hearing. You, yeah. That's not the first person to mention Fatheads. I haven't been to the expo yet, but I, if I go, I'm definitely going to have to check that out. I, I used to live on the streets, same street as Fatheads. Nice. Not that one, different location. It was amazing. Nice. And it also makes you get fat because their sandwiches are enormous. <laughs> so, Kevin, I'm going to have to uh, change your mind one of these days if we ever go to the expo. I, I make a jalapeno bacon pineapple chili. That is pretty phenomenal. Um, it, the, the spices kind of blend the, the pineapple perfectly. So, uh, if I ever get a chance for you to be able to try that, it's pretty, it's pretty bomb. I, I've won, sounds good. I've won a couple of chili contests with those, with that, with that recipe. So, okay. Flex on you the, It's not just pineapple. It's just, that makes it a little bit better. I yeah. kind of agree. Like pineapple by itself, kind of not, it's kind of stupid, but like if it's mixed the right way, it's good. Like, it, with a sour, it adds the acidity. Yeah. 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 It's a great mixer. It's not, it shouldn't be on its own. Or it shouldn't be the like primary, the primary thing. thing. Fair enough. I, I'm I'm on board with this. All right, I'm gonna go with uh, this 105 here. So I was doing this list today, and my daughter was sitting next to me, and I was trying to think of things that you know that everybody loves that I hate, and she had one that she thought of that she personally loves. My wife loves. 
Uh, and I just, I can't stand it. I can't even stand the smell of it. And I have to make these sandwiches every morning for her because she eats them at her lunch every day. Uh, and that's peanut butter. I do not like peanut butter. I don't know why. I don't know what, what it is about peanut butter, but I can't even stand the smell of the peanut butter. And every day she makes peanut butter and jelly sandwiches to take to work. And I have to be the one to make it. And I hate every minute of it. I can't eat them. But I can eat peanut butter cups. I don't know what the difference is, but mm. it's a different kind of peanut butter or something. But uh, yeah, just regular peanut butter. No, thanks. I will pass. Ryan, you got the 106. I guess I'm keeping the food thing just to keep us in check. And especially because I live in Pittsburgh and they're known for their ketchup, Heinz ketchup. I hate ketchup. It disgusts me. I don't want to even near my plate. I don't want to make eye contact with it. I don't even want to take a dirty dish away with ketchup on it because the smell of it nauseates me. I despise it, and I think it's gross. And I'm glad that they changed the name of the stadium from Heinz Field to Akershore because it's already gross enough that Steelers are there. Now it was more, and it was more gross because it was named after ketchup. I get that though. Like, uh, see, when I go to like a fast food place, I always get it like a burger with no ketchup because they uh, it's never like a normal amount of ketchup they, they drown it. put on. Yeah, they either put too yeah. much or you know, I'd just rather put it none. And if I want it, I'll put it on. Yeah, and I will say I don't like the smell of like when, when it's been sitting for a little while and it you, you know you go to wash yeah. it. That I don't like. I like ketchup, but when it gets to That's that so point, gross. yeah, no thanks. Ugh. I will pass. All right, Kevin, your last pick here at the 107. What you got? I don't want to keep the food thing going, even though I have like one major one uh, in here. Maybe we'll just do a quick honorable mention because that definitely deserves it. But the band Rush, the <laughs> now I love the movie. I uh, I love you, man, where that's basically him and Jason Siegel <laughs> like go to the Rush concert. And that's basically their. Right. The, Stop in the face. <laughs> but as far as like, I can't do the dude's whiny voice. I can't. I just can't do it. Like that's the one thing that's like nails on the chalkboard for me. All right. Fair enough. Um, all right. One oh eight. Uh, I got a couple different options here. Um, I'm gonna go with. I know Ryan. He's not a huge fan of this, but I know he does at least watch one of these series, and that is just in general reality TV. I just, I've never been into reality oh, I love, TV. I, yeah. I love reality TV. I, I love do. trash TV, and it's amazing. <laughs> and just, I'm not proud of it. I, know, I, I am mean, not proud of it, but I get hooked. <laughs> yeah. I grew up I in the generation that's kind of started reality TV, and I just never, ever got into it. Like, just, it was not my thing. And it's gotten worse throughout the years, in my opinion. Jersey Shores were ruined it for me. <laughs> Jersey Shore it's ruined it. I was like, I'm like, these people are idiots. Why do people watch it? So I put it on episode. And then the next week, I'm like, what are those idiots are going to do this week? It's going to make me hate them more. And then by week three, I'm like, freaking love this. <laughs> it's really good if you want to make yourself feel way better about your life. <laughs> That's yeah. a good point. Good point. All right, Ryan, closes out here at the 109. Uh, I'm going back to the movie world and I'm going with the highest grossing movie ever, Avatar. I think it's all style and no substance. I think the movie was overrated. People just thought it was cool because it was the first movie in 3D. I didn't see the second one yet. I probably will just so I can hate on it, but I will go with open mind. I just, I think it was overrated. I think it just stole things from other movies and they, it was just all the looks. It should have been a three hour movie. 
it doesn't deserve to be highest Christmas movie all the time other than special effects. It's not for me. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't know if I necessarily no, the, hate it. Just... Find, find, find one person who's like, what's your favorite movie? And they say Avatar. Yeah, they don't. <laughs> they won't. It doesn't zero. exist. Yeah, it's but everybody related. loves it. It's all related to that Stupid. 3D. You're right. It's 100% right. And it's a lot of the hype that went around it as well kind of pushed it into that, that upper echelon where it, it wasn't a great movie you know, by itself. It was all the effects that kind of came along with it. All right, let's get to some football stuff. News and notes from around the league. All right, so there are a ton, a ton of players that are quote-unquote questionable after today's practice reports. We're not going to get into all of them. We'll get to the major ones that we really kind of know. So the first one here, I think he's officially been ruled out for tomorrow. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell, who was a popular waiver ad, ended up being the, the Eagles leading back by a large margin over the other two guys that we thought might be in the mix. Um, I'm going to go to you first, Kevin, here. So, if you know, obviously, Gamewell is out for this week. Uh, this question is two parts here. One, what are you doing with that backfield for tomorrow night's game? And then is Gainwell going to be worth it in the long term? you think he continues that kind of usage the rest of the season? I mean, I think Gainwell certainly earned a role no matter what in this offense, whether it's going to be, you know, what he did last week. I mean, he's had 14 carries. I don't know if it's going to be something to that degree. I mean, even Nick Sirianni said himself that he probably wish he got DeAndre Swift more run in that offense. Uh, what do you have? Like a, a catch and a carry? Yeah, like that isn't going to be that, – that doesn't – that seems like a low, low, you know, outlier kind of week for him. So – now that Gainwell's out, you got to figure Rashad Penny is going to be, you know, certainly active. You know, they got Swift, they got Boston Scott. I mean, it's going to be so murky. And it's uh, how confident can you be clicking any of these other guys in your lineup? I don't think you can be. I think it would be a desperation flex for me to even put DeAndre Swift in there. Now, DeAndre Swift has the most upside, I would say, from if you want to receive, you know, a combo back as far as guy who can provide receiving value and rushing value. But Rashad Penny's a pretty awesome rusher in, in himself. Not great, you know, receiving profile. But if it does it really matter, even if Eagles have the volume, but can't commit to one guy like, yeah, at least Gainwell, you could kind of pigeon. Gainwell would be the most confident start if he were playing yeah. by far. 100%. But e- even then. It's tough. I, I I wouldn't start any of those guys, but I'm ready to be disappointed when Swift gets 20 carries and then in week three gets like six. <laughs> yeah, that's the Eagles for you. The Eagles are the new Patriots, basically. Yep. Ryan, what are your thoughts? Your 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 favorite player is uh, going to be uh, active tomorrow night. <laughs> Rashad Penny. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm just don't care to discuss this whole backfield. I agree with him. It's super murky. If I had to start someone, it's going to be Swift just because he's exposing this. Two or three plays can make a fancy week, yep. but it's gross until they figure it out. Like, I see a trend, like two to three weeks in a row of some consistency. Until then, I'm not touching any of it. Yeah, the, the, the bad thing is, is you, you probably didn't draft Gainwell, but you definitely drafted Swift. So you're sitting there like, what am I going to do now? I got Swift. Does he does he play a lot more this this week, or you know, how is this going to go? So it's a tough decision to make. It's it's it's, it's gross. Yeah, hopefully you have some better like, options. Only 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 piece of one of that offense is the pass game. Yeah, agreed. Yep. All right, this next one here, uh, unfortunately, a guy that me and Ryan both loved going into this season. We were all hyped even on the show last week about him. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, Achilles injury, gone for the season. His second season-ending injury. Uh, in this backfield, talk about murky, Ryan. I know you, you're the Ravens fan here, so do you have any sense at all about what's going to happen in this backfield? 
Uh, I think it's going to be Gus. I, I know Justice Hill's going to get some burn just because of his pass catching ability, but I think they're going to try to beat defenses up with Gus Edwards. He was super efficient last week in his few carries he had. And I think the how we saw Hill use last week was the occurrence of this person looks like their number two running back because they have some issue. They're in on third downs in the passing game. But when the starting running back goes down, the more conventional runner comes in. I think that's Gus Edwards. And he's been 700 yards three years in a row for Baltimore. I know it's a different offensive regime, but he's a proven commodity there. He's never been but efficient. I think it's not good to him. Yeah. And Melvin Gordon's just a body. I, I agree with you on your assessment, too, of the number two running back being Justice Hill. I think, obviously, you know, Dobbins got most of the, the carries in practice and the game plan. And uh, they had, you know, Hill mixed in as the third down back. But Gus Edwards probably didn't get a whole lot of that work. So when Dobbins went down, instead of trying to force Dobbins in there, they just played Hill more often. So that's that's my thought on it as well. Kevin, I want to ask you about the the third guy in this in this equation here. Is there any love at all, any outside love for Melvin Gordon potentially doing anything? Yeah, the corpse of Melvin Gordon is not on my <laughs> radar whatsoever. Um, I'm actually a Justice Hill bull. Um, so I would actually side with the Justice Hill in this backfield, considering that I mean, it doesn't really mean much, but he got the only non-J.K. Dobbins carry before he got hurt, and then he ended up coming in the next play, scored the touchdown, ended up scoring another touchdown. The high-value touches are going to be leaning toward Justice Hill uh, when you start getting into more goal-line stuff. In this new offense of Tom Mocken, now Gus Edwards has always been very efficient, like five yards per carry, um, you know, has always been kind of that guy that you don't ever think about. But, you know, for a guy like him who hasn't caught a pass, since the Reagan administration, like <laughs> Gus Edwards has carved out a pretty nice career. Uh, yeah, but Gus does not catch passes. Yeah. He, he is, <laughs> he is allergic to uh, it, balls thrown his way. Yeah. He's a, he's definitely, and you're right. I mean, Hill is the receiver there and he could potentially, you know, if he has that role, uh, have more value than Gus, even if Gus gets more touches, yeah. the, the passing game could be more valuable. He, he has 18 catches in, Four years starting. <laughs> or it could be years. worse. You could, yeah, it could, could be, be much worse. worse. It could be Dwayne McBride. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, all right, let's stick with the receiver. I'm sorry, stick with the running backs here. Uh, Mr. Austin Eckler dealing with the ankle injury. Um, I want to know about uh, Joshua Kelly, really, Ryan, uh, and what you think of him because he actually was involved in this game plan pretty heavily before Austin Eckler's injury. Now he's got an ankle injury. How how much do you think uh, Kelly does in this offense? I mean, I feel like it's wheels up for Kelly until while Eckler's out. He's not like, don't expect him to be Austin Eckler and have those kind of numbers. But he's going to be starting running back in a high-powered offense, which is never going to see stacked fronts. He's got easy tread, man. He should be running back to material until Eckler comes back. Yeah. Are you you in agreement there, Kevin, with uh, Joshua Kelly? Yeah, I'm a big fan. You know, the Kellen Moore offense, he's always featured multiple running backs. It's, it was ne- the thesis of the play was never going to be Austin Eckler by himself. And, you know, in the ever, everlasting. Right. I mean, right. But in the everlasting search for an RB2 with the Chargers, they've gone through what Larry Roundtree and all these guys. And they and Kelly was the first guy that they, you know, certainly tried. Larry Roundtree, Isaiah Spiller. And now we're back full circle with Joshua Kelly here where. 
you know, he looks like he's going to be getting 15 to 18 touches in this offense. And yep. whether it's, you know, if, if Eckler doesn't play, if, whether it's Elijah Dotson or Spiller himself, you know, that remains to be seen. But I still think 15 to 18 carries and it, for a guy that you probably got for, um, you know, 10 to 12 percent of your fab budget. Yeah. You can't beat that. Yep, 100 percent agree. Um, all right, and then the last real big news that we'll get to, and not really necessarily about the, the quarterback himself, Aaron Rodgers, of course, out for the season, but I want to talk about those ancillary pieces in that offense. You know, obviously, Wilson's affected. Um, you know, even the running game is probably affected because they're not going to score as many points. Uh, what are you doing with this offense now, Kevin, that it's Zach Wilson at the helm? Oh, I feel so bad for Garrett Wilson because Garrett Wilson is such a nice, nice, you know, what a sneaky wide receiver one overall candidate now with Zach Wilson. Um, you know, Garrett Wilson is not a single mom, so he will be not not be targeting him. Um, certainly as much as Aaron Rodgers was slated to. He's probably more of a mid wide receiver two for me. I mean, Zach Wilson, dare I say, had some moments where he looks like he's gotten a little bit better, but that just goes from being outright terrible to just crabby, I guess, in, in the grand scheme of things. Zach Wilson's going to have to do some big, big soul searching here to find at least some passable work within this uh, passing game. Like, I'm not looking at um, any of the Randall Cobb and uh, Alan Lazard. Like, I wasn't drafting those guys anyway. So maybe, you know, if Brees Hall showed it, if he had what he had last year, that get that run that he had uh, on Monday Night Football would have been a house call. Yep. But, you know, conditioning-wise, it probably wasn't all there. I still think Brees Hall, you know, is still wheels up for me as far as just the talent. And that's a guy that can carry the offense so Zach Wilson doesn't have to. So I'm still fine with Brees Hall. He hasn't moved anywhere. If anything, he's probably gotten up. Him and I'll, I'll throw Dalvin Cook in there. I think he's certainly more usable no, because they're go- they are going to have to lean on that run game so they can protect Zach Wilson a little bit. Yeah. What about you, Ryan? What are your thoughts here? Yeah, uh, the running backs I love. Um, but I like both. I think they can both be top 24 backs. Their defense is absolutely elite. So they're going to try to play ball control. Say, Zach Wilson, don't ruin this for us. And we're going to play good defense. Yep. And lean on those two. They could both finish top 24, maybe higher. Um, as for Garrett Wilson, this is like talent versus situation Zach, or being with Zach Wilson. Yeah. Like, so last year in games without Zach Wilson, he averaged 82 yards a game with Zach Wilson. He averaged 48. <laughs> half, half I don't many. think the answer is seems bad one yeah. or the other, but it might, but it might be somewhere in between, which is not what I drafted him as a wide receiver one to me. Nope. I think he'd be wide receiver two, but it's definitely a big hit. Yeah, it's, it's it's a killer for sure. Like that's a big drop off, man. Is there any chance they go find somebody uh, by, via trade, or is there anybody in the free agent market you think that they could put in as a quarterback that could be more serviceable? I mean, is Joe Flacco around? Because I'm pretty sure Wilson did pretty well with Joe Flacco. <laughs> My Brees Hall bags need Joe Flacco in his quarterback. Yeah, yeah absolutely. No, nobody needs. I love I love Flacco, and he's probably still elite, but no. <laughs> Brees Hall might be like legit RB one if if Flacco was a quarterback <laughs> getting like nine, 10 targets a game. Plus the rushing, like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's do some breakout or fake out. Breakout or fake out. All right. So we'll look at some of the guys that had some surprising week ones that really, I don't know if anybody saw coming necessarily. 
uh, and we'll kind of label them. Are they going to be a breakout? Is this something that we can trust, or will they be a fake out and they're just a one-game wonder? Uh, we'll start with you, Kevin, here with the big one all over Twitter. He's been, you know, in multiple these uh, trade questions all over Twitter and, and what to do with him. But Puka Nakua, who had 10 catches on 15 targets for 119 yards and was inches away from catching a touchdown. Uh, what are your thoughts on Nakua? Is he a breakout or a fake out here? Yeah, Puka Nation, rise up. Uh, this is what we were waiting for. Um, I don't think it's a one game wonder, but I also don't think it's a true breakout either because there are a lot of variables. Uh, that we have to kind of sift through. Now we'll certainly see week two if you know the genie is true. You know, the genie is truly out of the out of the bottle here with Puka Nakua. You still got you know some weapons there like Tutu Atwell, Van Jefferson. Tutu had almost the exact same numbers. Right. He had. A, he. They both had 119 uh, receiving yards, and yeah, they both pretty much had the same air yards profile. Uh, Tutu was a little bit deeper in ADOT, but yeah, I mean, 15 target games just they just don't happen like accidentally. Like yeah. now I think, I think he's cemented the Rams have been looking for weapons and now I at least have two because going into the season, it was Cooper cup. And then I guess maybe Higby. And we were kind of forgot about all the wide receivers there. we were all drafting Puka Nakua as maybe a little dart throw in the 18th round. on like underdog kind of same with Tutu Atwell. Now there's a couple viable guys here that can be those weapons. I think Puka has at least put himself at the conversation of, Hey, Maybe he could be Stafford's uh, wide receiver, too. So I think we need to see more, but I'm very encouraged by Puka Nakua. At least he's not going to get 50 targets every week, but if he can get seven to eight targets a game yeah. with Stafford, with if Cooper Cup comes back, if he comes back, if he doesn't come back, you know, we're looking at a possible top 30 wide receiver. Yeah. Follow-up question. When, when are you comfortable to be starting him? Like, what's he need to do for you if he feels comfortable starting him? I think it just needs to, even if he does the production doesn't follow, I think just seven, eight targets a game, you know, he'll have a he'll have a dip here, but he'll Hell also yeah. have spike week upside. So just involvement. Like let me see him just continue to get ninety percent routes per game. Yeah, it's a good call. Are you going breakout, Ryan, or fake out here? I kinda agree with what he said. It's like a partial breakout. I don't think he is a consistent wide receiver one like we saw this week. I think a lot was big surprises. Everyone thought the Rams were going to be a really bad football team this year. And Seattle came in as huge favorites. I think is a lot of surprise. And they're like, who's this six round pick catching, having 15 targets kind of insane. But I think he can be good. Like, I think he'll be a flex worthy player, wide receiver three, wide receiver two. I think he could do that. Good call. So, yeah, I, for what he was price-wise, that's the break. Yeah, that's 100%. Yeah, he was basically free in the, most of my dynasty leagues. I got him after the draft or in the fourth round. So, yeah, I love it. Uh, let's stick with the wide receivers here, Ryan. I'm going to go to you first on this one. And this guy, uh, potentially, if you call him a breakout, would be the ever-elusive eighth-year breakout player. Uh, Mr. Kendrick Bourne, who had six catches for 64 yards and two touchdowns on 11 targets. Uh, been in the league for eight years, had a couple games like this last year and then in the past where he kind of blows up, uh, but never 11 targets. Are you going breakout or fake out here for Mr. Uh, Kendrick Bourne? I'm not, I'm not fully there yet. New England is new England. And I feel like you're going to see a lot of guys rotating. You're going to see a lot of different receivers involved. Even looking like at their snaps, it was pretty like spread out amongst who was on the field or not. Their targets, he had 11. Henry had six. Juju had seven. 
Boudet had four. Like it was all over. Demario Douglas had seven. Zeke had seven. Targets were all over the place. Like it was spread out and just hit for him this week. Yeah, I think what, in a game Mac, where Mac Jones had huh? fifty-three attempts, I believe is the number, or fifty-four. Yeah, and like Mac that. Jones is not going to have games where he's having fifty-three attempts because that's not what their offense is, yep. and that's not who he is. Like, it's not going to always be like they're playing Philly, and they have to play like that. Yep. Uh, no, I think he is a DFS. I think he's a DFS flyer until further notice. Fair enough. What about you, Kevin? What you got for Mr. Kendrick Bourne here? I think he's a guy that has to be rostered, whether you're yeah. starting him. I think it's kind of iffy, but, you know, look, this offense needs juice more than anything. And Lord knows they don't have a Juju Smith-Schuster with Devontae Parker. Like, Kendrick Bourne, you know, Boutte, Douglas, like, the, they need somebody to break out out of those guys. And I would have probably picked the rookies out of those two, out of that tri- that trio, but Kendrick Bourne's done it in flashes. I'm just not projecting him for this close to every week. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Kendrick Bourne get two targets and one catch for like seven yards next week. Yeah. Like this week. Wouldn't be surprised at all. That's kind of what he's always been. But he's like enough involved to where you have to keep him in the back of your mind, but he's never consistently involved enough where you have to have him like in, in a deep flex or something like that. Like, he's. He's just kind of like a, he's a barnacle. He just all, he clings. He's always going to be clinging around. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that call. And I, I, I agree. I think Bourne is a product of the game script and how many times Mac Jones had to throw the ball. The fact that for some reason, Stevenson just could not run the ball at all. They had to throw the ball a ton. They got down early. Uh, I, I think like you mentioned, Bourne's a, a solid NFL player. He played for my Niners for a while. So he's always been solid. Uh, and he'll have games like this where he blows up. He had a couple of them, I think, in the past for the uh, Patriots as well. Uh, but I'm not going breakout here. I'm going to, I'm going fake out, but I think he's still rosterable, and I think he is still something that you can spot start if you need to. All right, let's do a couple more here. Let me do one of my favorite guys that I talked about a lot this offseason, uh, Mr. Rashid Shahid. Uh, five catches for 89 yards and a touchdown on six targets. Uh you know, he was a popular pick, especially with people not, you know, buying into the Michael Thomas coming back and being, you know, fully healthy. He actually did look good in this game. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, Shahid, uh, Kevin? Um, I have a soft spot for Rashid Shahid. He won me, pretty pretty much won me my Kings Classic last year. Um, you know, being like, you know, 14 teams, deep benches, like Rashid Shahid was a godsend for me. And he always seems to, you know, he's a big overachiever, even in offense where you have, Chris Olave and Michael Thomas. Rashid Shahid is always going to have the bigger A dot. Like, we know they love to throw deep balls to Chris Olave, but Rashid Shahid has always been like, you know, small school Weaver State guy, was a punt returner in college in FCS, and now is overachieving here with the Saints. I like him. I mean, the only kind of knock on him is that he only runs between like 60 and 70% of routes. But, you know, toward the end of last year, he was running every route pretty much because they had to. They're running out Kevin White and running out. Keith Kirkland and weird guys like that. But, you know, as a third, as a third guy that can be like, remember like Lance Moore and Robert Beecham and guys like that, right? It's different offense, but that that's the kind of vibes I have where it's a guy that always has the big play building. Look, he scored a touchdown, five, eight, nine, and six targets. Like, I don't, I think for a flex, you can't beat that. You drafted him in what, the 12th, 13th round? Yep. Like, sign me up for that, where he's a guy where he's like the break glass in case of emergency on your bench. Nice. I love it. And I love how you threw out two uh, bonus forgotten fancy players there with Meacham and, and Lance. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Ryan, what are your thoughts on Shahid here? Break out or fake out? I think you... I'm going to say fake out. Um, I know. it's. I'm a bummer on it. But unless you're in super deep leagues, like you talked about the King's Classic, like these deep leagues where you need somebody who started and desperate. Ah, yes, absolutely. Like 14 team league flex, I'm cool with that. But most like run of the middle leagues, you're looking at a wide receiver three on Derek Carr. It's a tough sell. It's a tough sell. Yeah. Like, I think he's worth rostering. If one of the other two receivers go down, it skyrockets. But it's a desperation play until then. Fair enough. All right, let's go ahead and get into our underdog pickums. Prop bet of the week. All right, let me go ahead and bring up the screen here. All right, so if you haven't been part of this before, guys, we're going to do a, a three-leg pick em. Uh, I know they don't want me to say leg. I don't know how else to say it. Uh, Underdog doesn't like the word leg or prop, but uh, I just haven't figured out how to fit it in my vocabulary yet. Uh, but the guest gets to go first here, uh, Kevin. So give me uh, give me who you want to put into this uh, this three-leg lineup here. Give me, uh, I do like Javante Williams over 48 and a half rushing yards. Um, I think if you ask anybody um, during the offseason and who would have the most, you know, routes and snaps and carries in week one, every single person would have said Samaj P. Right. And the fact that Javante Williams actually did that, I think is super bullish for him uh, this week. So give me Javante Williams against the Washington Commanders, who I know, you know, have, have four first rounders on that defensive line. But they are at home, and I do like you know them being able to kind of protect Russell Wilson and then give Javante Williams a little more run as he starts getting comfortable. So yeah, and I love uh, I do like Williams. They're over forty eight and a half. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. And I've, I'm super high on Williams. I had him had him all of my lineups last week as well. Didn't quite do what I'd hoped he would have done, but uh, still a pretty decent game. Ryan, what you got for your uh, for your leg here? Uh, I I'm going with Tua Tungvaliola under. 277 half passing yards. I know he went absolutely nuclear this week, and I know Tyreek Hill is unguardable, but Patriots have a pretty good defense. Belichick is not going to let them get passed all over. I'm sure he'll adjust to that knowing this team is in the running game. They're kind of one dimensional. Like, I just I can't see him. Pop. That's a high number for almost any quarterback in back to back weeks like that especially with the division game. I just, I'm not there. And Ryan's giving me a chance to talk about the promotion that they have at underdog right now. Uh, that was not planned, but uh, you can win a hundred K on Sunday using this to a tongue of Iowa. Um, uh, pick them here. You know, you pick either higher or lower. You're entered into the contest. I believe they pick 10 winners. Uh, you can win. There's a bunch of prizes you can win besides just that. So uh, I'll, I'll plug that one in there. And Ryan, if I win, uh, I'll send you $10. <laughs> <laughs> would think about it all right let me pick mine i'm going super homer on mine uh i'm gonna take this player has done this in every game of his early his his young career uh at least in the regular season and i'm going mr brock purdy uh higher than one and a half touchdowns he's thrown two touchdowns in every single game only player to ever do it in history uh over his first six starts to throw at least two touchdowns in every game so I'm going to take higher on that and hope that he does it again against our rivals, the Rams, uh, who he played really well against last year as well. So let me get Brock Purdy at the one and a half higher on touchdowns. All right. Just to recap, we got Javante Williams uh, higher on 48 and a half rushing yards. 
to a tongue of Iloa lower on the 275, 277 and a half uh, total yards. And then uh, Brock Purdy higher on one and a half touchdowns. Let me drop my $5 on there. Uh, and just for, uh, for, for the sake of uh, people that tuned in last week, we did not hit ours last week. Uh, me and Ryan both missed on ours. I think uh, Ryan had Gibbs uh, over, I think, 31 and a half receiving yards, I believe. Uh, he mm-hmm. did not hit that. And I had Sam Laporta under three receptions. I thought for sure rookie tight end, not going to do good in his first game on the biggest stage. And uh, he kind of balled out. So I was wrong on that one as well. Robbie did hit his. The one I thought was probably the most out- outlandish one with the uh, over on uh, MBS uh, on yardage. He hit his, but me and Ryan missed on both of ours. So not not a good week for us. So let's hope we can bounce back this week. Again, guys, that promo code for Underdog is GF2. If you're not on Underdog, please go get on there. It is a ton of fun, as you just saw how easy it is to do. Pick a few props. Again, I don't know what else to call them. They said don't call them props, but I don't know what this, what they want me to call them. Pick'ems, I guess. Uh, and then, you know, drop your money on there and, and, and enjoy the, the game. All right, let's get to uh, some bounce-back players. So I asked these guys before the show to come up with a couple guys that they thought, you know, after a bad week one, that would have a bounce-back week number two. And uh, Ryan, we'll go to you first this time. Give me one of your guys that you think will bounce back in week two. Uh, I think it's Justin Fields. And I think it's gotten a little overblown. He still finishes QB 15. I know it was kind of ugly. But they let Justin Fields throw the ball 37 times last week. I know there was definitely some errors. I think Green Bay has a better defense than expected, which is weird to me. But the rushing upside is there. I think he still performs in fantasy. I still think he's a top eight quarterback. I try to go not with the obvious like superstars who underperform, but you know what? He still, for as bad as he did, even though everybody's writing him off, he's a trade target. I traded for him today, actually. And he still finished higher than... Burrow, Lamar, Hurts, Allen. He finished ahead of all of them, but we all hate him. So, a little patience. He has a little bit more weapons than before. And said they let him have volume. Yeah, good call. I like it. What about you, Kevin? What you got for one of your bounce backs? Uh, my bounce back, I guess, is going to be some chalk here. Uh, and I'm not even super big on him over the years, but Derrick Henry. Like, I think people are overreacting to Tajay Spears out snapping him. Um, you know, the fact that Ty J mm-hmm. Spears was literally the guy, like if the Tennessee Titans went on Fiverr to hire somebody to do the things that Derrick Henry doesn't do, that's pretty much what Ty J Spears was pass blocking and, you know, <laughs> running routes. That's kind of where I am. And I think Derrick Henry kind of reverts back to, uh, you know, still just being the big dog there. So I'm not overreacting to Derrick Henry this one week sample with Tajay Spears getting probably more involved than any back has with Tennessee in tandem with him since Deion Lewis. Uh, so give me Derrick Henry there. I'll de- definitely take him for a bounce back. Love it. I love it. All right. So I got a couple guys. One of the guys on my list didn't have a terrible week one um, because he caught a ton of passes and had some yards in the passing game. But uh, we, I kind of mentioned him earlier, but Ramondre Stevenson, I think, bounces back this week. Uh, I don't know what was going on with that running game, but it just was not clicking. And I think, you know, through the third quarter, he hadn't had much of anything to go on. And all of a sudden, started catching passes and, and kind of got it's, some it's called the It's called Philly's defense is fantastic. And their defensive line is enormous. Yeah, 100%. Like their defensive line is the best in football. Yeah. And they get that's the, what it is. Imagine letting that team get Jalen Carter. Yeah, exactly. Like, I was just going to say this. He was unstoppable. Jalen Carter's numbers were out of this world. They, yeah. Well, yeah. They're so good. Yeah. They're so good on defense. No team's going to run against them. 
Yep. And Stevenson this week gets the Miami Dolphins, who I think Eckler and Joshua Kelly just kind of did whatever they want against that team there. So Stevenson, I think, in a huge bounce back game, you know, it, this week against Miami is going to be in the cards for me. Let's do one more. We'll go back to you, Kevin. Give me another one of your bounce backs. Um, I was going to say T Higgins. I think that's low hanging fruit because eight targets, no catches. I think that's pretty easy, but I'll say Tyler Lockett, um, here gets a shootout game, potential shootout game with the lions. Remember week four last year, that back and forth game with, Geno Smith, I think he threw like 400 yards. Um, you know, should certainly do better than two for 10 on four targets this week. So give me Tyler Lockett. That's like the one game that I am targeting in DFS, uh, Seattle and Detroit. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good one. I think last year they had like uh, a combined 93 points or something like that in that game. So that's a good one to target for sure. Ryan, what you got for your other bounce back? We are actually same team, different position. Uh, It's Ken Ken Locker. He finished as RB 30 last week in a terrible game script for running backs. But he still had 12 carries and five targets in the passing game. Uh, if we look at just the snap counts in Seattle, he led 32 to 11 and 12 with the other two backs. Yep. I think that worry about Jack Strabonet taken away from him might be a little bit premature. And it's coming because he looked really good in the little bit of action he had. Yeah, that's a good one. And then D- yeah, DJ Dallas was probably more involved than we all thought, too. Yeah. I think they officially yeah. listed Charbonnet as the number three, didn't they? Or did they change that eventually? I know originally they had him as the number three with uh, Dallas being the number two behind Kenneth Walker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. But so from Kenneth Walker's backfield. I agree. I agree. Uh, so for my last bounce back, I'm going to go Homer again on this one, and I'm going to take Debo Samuel. Uh, I watched that game uh, front to back. I actually watched it a couple times. And they try to get Debo Samuel involved early. They gave him two early carries. Uh, he got a third carry in the third quarter. Uh, Purdy literally just missed him on what should have been a touchdown. It would have been it would have gone for a touchdown, but the defender made an amazing play by knocking it down just before it got to Debo, or it would have been a score. Uh, so they are definitely trying to get him involved. I know IU kind of overshadowed him a little bit. He had a huge monster game, and Debo loves playing the Rams. If you look up some of his numbers, some of his best plays ever have been against the Rams. So I think Debo has a nice little bounce back game for all those that played him last week, including myself. I had him in a few of my lineups, and uh, he burned me a little bit. But I think he bounces back this week. Yeah, well, I love Debo as far as that goes, because I uh, looking at his eight out like he had a 10 yard eight out last week, like he wasn't getting super schemed line of scrimmage touches. I mean, he still got the rushing carries, but the fact that they were targeting him pretty deeper too. Yep. Uh, if he can carry both of those roles, that's pretty much what he was doing in 2021 is that he, he was getting the deeper, you know, actual receiving routes, plus getting those rushing that rushing work. If yep. that carries over, I think we're definitely in line for a much better season last year. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. Cause I get the argument all the time with people like, Oh, he's just a running back. I'm like, you don't realize the the year that he had all those running uh, rushing yards, he still had 1400 yards receiving. He could right. still catch the ball. Trust me. It still happened. So, uh, I love that. All right, let's do some listener questions. Go ahead. Ask me anything. All right, so we got a couple in the chat that I want to get to real quick from uh, Chris, and I'm and I'm not going to know how to say your last name, but uh, Chris wants to know, uh, Kevin, he wants to know Puka Nakua or Elijah Moore as a flex play in PPR this week. Who do you like? I mean, it's hard to really not look at the 15 targets of Puka Nakua and say I got to throw him in my lineup. 
Um, I would probably put him in, though. Maybe slightly ahead of Elijah Moore, and I am a big Elijah Moore guy. They did scheme some touch, gave him two rushing attempts as well um, to go along with being that wide receiver, too, in Cleveland. So uh, the fact that he ran 80% of routes is very bullish for Elijah Moore. I would still try to see if you can still catch some of that lightning in the bottle with Puka. I like it. Ryan, you agree there? You going Puka or Elijah Moore? Yeah, yeah it's Puka. He's... In an offense, it's going to be passing the ball a lot because their defense still isn't that great. I think they're going to see a lot of negative game scripts. Yeah. All right. And this next one here is a little interesting. Uh, Ryan, I'll go to you first here. He wants to know the same one from Chris here. Uh, would you trade Dak for Daniel Jones if you have Waller? Of course, trying to get that stack. Uh, any any interest there? Honestly, I no, I don't. I I think Dak's a better player. I've I think that offense is better. I want parts of that. I know Daniel Jones has that rushing upside, but it's still inconsistent. And yes, it's cool to have that double stack, but then you're, if one of these offenses fluttered, like last week, <laughs> doing it like, like that, like last week, you're screwed, man. I think that's when you have this best ball DFS creeping into other things and people overvalue players who shouldn't be. So I'm against that. Fair enough. What about you? Where you stand on Dak Daniel Jones there, Kevin? Yeah, I think this is a thing where you can maybe get a little too cute with stacks. I think, mm-hmm. and, and I say that as I drafted, uh, or I, in my auction, I took Eckler, Keenan Allen, and Justin Herbert. Uh, so, but I think you still have to be judicious with how, what stacks you're attacking as far as, you know, got, got things like maybe Miami where, you know, Tyreek Hill and Waller are going to be accounting for 50% of the target. Same with AJ Brown and Devontae Smith. Now you're, you know, Daniel Jones and Waller with so many wide receivers there. Like, what are you really gaining with the stack there? You're really, you're not gaining much in like touchdown equity. Uh, yeah. Waller is going to be the top target most weeks, but you know, Daniel Jones has as much, as much, uh, you know, downside as a lot of these quarterbacks, especially in his draft range. Give me Dak Prescott. The Cowboys look like the best team in football. Yeah, they like, look I, really I want the quarterback at least of that. We know the passing game is going to come along for the ride, uh, you know, more often than not. Yeah, and I'll echo your statements, guys. I, I agree. I think it's Dak 100%. Uh, let's see. We got one from Chris All-Stars uh, on the Discord, and he's got a sit-start question for a half-point PPR, Ryan. He wants to know Kendrick Bourne, Drake London, or Traylon Burks this week. I'm still going. <laughs> Say it. I'm still going. I'm still going London. I am. <laughs> I know it was freaking gross last week. Like it was gross. I, I started him in multiple leagues. I'm not one both, but it was gross. He was not involved. But Atlanta's not a team that's going to be playing with a lead. They're going to play for their, they get to run the ball as much as they did every week like that. It'll come around. This is Ritter's first start. I'd rather take that chance than a chance there with somebody I've seen do it. I know Bourne, we talked about him earlier, the flash in the pan. It's a week-to-week thing, but I'm going to take that chance on London still over this group especially. Fair enough. What about you, Kevin? Where do you stand with these three guys? Kendrick Bourne, Drake London, Traylon Burks. It hurts my heart to say not Drake London here because one of my bold predictions of the season was Drake London's going to be a top 12 wide receiver because the thesis of the play was (laughs) the thesis of the play was, well, it can't be as bad as last year. And then Arthur Smith goes, hold my beer. And look, we're going to pass the ball 18 times and use Kyle Pitts, Drake London and Bijan as decoys for Tyler Algier. 
Like we were trying to find the guy who did this and it's Arthur Smith. So give me Traylon Burks, who I think with more defensive attention on DeAndre Hopkins, Ryan Tannehill looked bad against the Saints, but the fact That's is Ryan Tannehill is that, <laughs> I mean, he is not, he's suboptimal certainly. Uh, but I think there's at least some potential there against the chargers where, you know, he could at least throw for a couple touchdowns, 280 yards. Not everything needs to go to Hopkins and it's kind of condensed there. Uh, when you're talking about guys with actual talent and Jags after Burks, Oconquo, and Hopkins. So uh, I'll take Traylon Burks here. Board, I guess, has some, uh, a little value. London, God, Arthur Smith needs to get fired before I put him in my lineup. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I'm going Burks as well. I think, I think Bourne, like we mentioned earlier, is not going to have the same kind of game this week. London did burn me. I, I drafted London. I hope that he does have a bounce back game, but uh, I think Burks is the, the safer option. Um, so yeah, I got tons of London on for it. I even traded for London in a few leagues. So I, I hope he bounces back. I traded. I traded my yeah. London. I traded big for London. Wow. I'll let my best ball bags worry about London. There you go. I don't have to set a lineup. Hundred percent. All right, we got one here from Joe is King eight nineteen on the Discord. He's got a pretty big trade here. So he was offered Jameer Gibbs, Brandon Ayuk, and Elijah Moore for AJ Brown and Jordan Addison. And I'll go to you, Kevin, on this one. You're asking the preeminent Jordan Addison guy whether you should be trading for Jordan Addison and AJ Brown, who I've been a noted uh, AJ Brown truther, as evidenced by one of those jerseys up there in the top left. But that's tough because I love Jameer Gibbs. Brandon Ayuk obviously showed out. Elijah Moore has been. Certainly uh, more relevant this season. But A.J. Brown's the best player in the trade, and I think Jordan Addison can be a top 24 wide receiver. So give me A.J. Brown and Jordan Addison. I think it's very close, but I will side with best player uh, throughout the trade, and that's A.J. Brown. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you there as well. I think it's, it's tough because you're right. It is very close, uh, but I think that's the tiebreaker for me, A.J. Brown. What about you, Ryan? Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't think it's not as close for me. Because I love both players. I'm, again, huge Addison person since the get-go. Anyone who's been to the show, let's watch from the show since draft season. Love Addison. And A.J. Brown's phenomenal. Like, he's a top five wide receiver. Yeah. And there's no question about it. So, yeah, I'm going that. Go Elite. All right, let's do two more quick ones here. We'll go uh, Work and Grind asks this question. He had the wrong name here. I know who he meant to say. But he says, how do you feel about rostering both Zay Jones and Calvin Ridley, actually rostering and playing both Zay Jones and Calvin Ridley, Ryan. Um, I don't love playing them both. I'm okay with rostering them both. Like, I don't want to start Zay Jones week in week out if I have to. If I don't have to, especially with like, Christian Kirk there still. Plus, Kirk's still there. Ingram's still involved, and Calvin Ridley going freaking nuclear. Mm, no, I'm not going to start Zay Jones unless it's like desperation. I'm fine with him on the roster because if somebody goes down, he skyrockets because he does have that upside in that offense. Yeah. But Kevin, where do you fall on this one? I'm actually more okay with it because Christian Kirk has been pretty much a pure slot guy. They preseason showed that this is how we're going to operate with these three wide receivers with Zay Jones playing on the outside and Calvin Ridley, obviously on the other side. And now week one showed um, Zay Jones and Chris, or, and uh, Calvin Ridley playing over 90% of the routes. Christian Kirk, pure slot guy, coming off the field in two wide receiver sets, played 60, 66% of routes. So 
I'm more okay with that. I do think Zay Jones was certainly, you know, as a like a ninth, tenth round pick, um, kind of undervalued as a guy who could be, you know, working into this ascending offense of Trevor Lawrence. And granted, yeah, Evan Engram is there, and I think that's that's a concern too. Certainly, Travis Etienne in the passing game too. But as far as guys, you know, are going to be out on the field for Trevor Lawrence. I don't mind starting if you have to start St. Jones and Ridley. I would rather start those two than Kirk in any combination of one. I mean, you're starting Ridley no matter what, but I would rather start Ridley and Jones over Ridley and Kirk. Fair enough. Yeah, I think I'm with you, Ryan. I think I'm okay rostering both. Um, I think I've said on the show before, I have a special place in my heart for Mr. Zay Jones. His uh, three-touchdown game last year won me a bunch of money in DFS. So uh, I love Zay Jones. I think he showed that he's still going to be good in this offense, even with you know Ridley being there. Uh, I'd have a hard time starting both. It had to be a great matchup. It had to be a matchup that we expected to be high-scoring. Um, but uh, I, I do like both the players. I think, like you mentioned, if one of those guys get hurt, if Ridley or if um, uh, Kurt gets hurt, then Zay Flowers wheels up for sure. All right, let's get into our last segment of the night. Get ready for goingfor2.com's Forgotten Fantasy Player of the Week. All right, I had to make sure and, and prep Kevin that we, he didn't give it away right away like Robbie did last week, not knowing that he had to give us uh, hints and clues. And he said he's got a good one for us tonight. So, Kevin, give us your first clue here. First clue. The two teams that this player played for, uh, he did play for a third, but he never got on the field with them, uh, met in one of the best Super Bowls of the last 25 years. So wait, one more time, a little slower. <laughs> the two the two teams that this player played for in his career met fa- uh, faced off against each other in one of the best Super Bowls of the last 25 years. So I'm thinking, let's see, I'm trying to think of some good Super Bowls that recently. I mean, 25 years. So we're going back to 1998. I, I mean, the Patriots have to be in there somewhere, right? He's got to be a Patriot. There's like eight, eight Super Bowls, nine that he's been in. Um, so he's a wide receiver. Said? He hasn't said yet. I haven't said yet. Oh. All right, let's give us clue number two. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to think of which one. Uh, he is most known for a three-game stretch where he scored eight times in three weeks in the fantasy playoffs. Holy crap. Oh, is that too early or too late? Um, I'm trying to think of like I'm trying to think of Super Bowl team. I'm, I'm think I'm the Patriots are stuck in my head, so I'm thinking Patriots that have played for multiple teams. Um, but nobody fits that description that I can think of off the top of my head. All right, give us another one, Kevin. He had a back in that same season. He had a back-to-back two-game stretch where he earned a combined 34 targets, 25 receptions. 393 yards and five touchdowns. The T.O.? No. That's a good guess, though, because he was... Dude, was it like Freddie Mitchell? No. <laughs> so that would have been... I, like, that been I was thinking of like... Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, I'm trying to like go back to his 98. That's how far back it went. So you got 98 through now. 25 years worth of mm. players to think of. Yeah, it was another one. That's a good one. His his fantasy playoff stretch was with a backup quarterback who is also a prime candidate for a forgotten fantasy player. 
got me thinking Eagles. Because was it Nick Foles, that little run there towards the end of the season? Mm. Alshon Jeffrey, but no, he didn't. He played for Chicago. There was no. Super no, it, I think we're. Uh, I think I know who the quarterback is. I want to say the quarterback's Matt Castle's Patriots. Do you want the Do you want the conference that he did this with? Yeah, let's get the conference. A- AFC. Sure. AFC. AFC. And it, I will say this: it was not within the last fifteen years. So it's it's going back away. So. Wes Walker didn't play for two. He did. I'm like stuck on the Patriots. I feel like I'm stuck on the Patriots in my. I, don't know, my I got the Patriots. I think in my you head. got the Patriots stuck in my head. I got the Patriots stuck in my own head because I mean they played the most. That would be make more sense, but it probably isn't even them. I'm trying to think of other good Super Bowls that we've had. That, and I assume by good you mean they were close, mm-hmm. hard fought games. Like they was, it was a close Super Bowl. It wasn't a blowout. It was not a blowout. Uh, San Antonio Holmes. Nope. Oh, <laughs> good guess, though. <laughs> that is a good guess. All right, give us another hint. Uh, that season where he did that was his best season. He had 80 receptions, over 1,200 yards, and 11 touchdowns. But after that, he never reached 60 catches, 750 yards, or five touchdowns for the rest of his career. Damn. And I will say it's before San Antonio Holmes. So it was a stealer. There was not. No. Nope. Okay. Damn, he's got a stump really good tonight. <laughs> this is definitely a good one. So he's definitely a receiver. What was that stat line again? You said the best season. This that season that he had that stre- that play fancy playoff stretch. He had eighty catches, over twelve hundred yards, and eleven touchdowns. But after that season, he never reached 60 catches, 750 yards, or five touchdowns for the rest Brandon of the Brandon Stokely. No. You're on, you're very, you're on the right track with Brandon Stokely. So, uh... When I say that, you, and, I, and I tell you or you get it, you'll understand. Damn. Is it Eric Decker? No. He played for a lot of teams. A lot of Eric. He's my all, he's my all time favorite fantasy player. Um, yeah, this this guy won me money back in the day. God, I'm drawing a blank. Do you want the two teams he played for? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Oh, we'll be played here all night. Tennessee played for the Tennessee Titans and the St. Louis Rams. Oh. Uh. I wasn't even thinking about that Super Bowl. Derek Mason? No, he, no, didn't, he didn't play, play for the no. Ravens. I mean, but, um, but he played on the same team that season as Derek Mason. Oh my God. Who the hell was the opposite Derek Mason? Oh my God. I can't think of another receiver that played there. No, I can't either. Oh, in the co- we have in the comments Eddie Eddie Royal. It's not Eddie Royal. Yeah, I think that's too. Dude, he had a huge. I remember his huge year. He did, um, and I remember drafting him when he went to the Bears. Who was the receiver that came up a yard short? What's his um, name? Oh God, Kevin Dyson. Kevin Dyson. That's not the one, and that's not him because he didn't have enough no. fancy value. 
I'm freaking stumped. I'm stumped, man. You got me good. This is a, this is. A I think good you got one. it. Do you want it? Do you, have, do you have any more? Give us one more hint. Oh boy. Let's see. <laughs> if I give it a quarterback, I think you might get it. The quarterback who threw those, who was with him on that stretch, was Billy Volek. That did not help me at all. <laughs> That's not even. I feel like I'm gonna be very upset. Yeah, I am too. Yeah, give it to you us. Want it? Yeah, give it to us. Yeah, Drew Bennett. Drew Bennett. Oh my wow. god! Wow, that. So we've been doing this segment for seven years now. And in the beginning, we would do the segment where you would just give us your forgotten fantasy player, and you would talk about them. There's been a lot of players that we've had that have repeated over the years. Obviously, Drew Bennett. I don't Drew think we've Bennett. ever ever had. No, he's truly that was fantastic. That was fantastic. Drew Bennett was a monster. We could have been here all people. night and I'd have never got that one. <laughs> That's no. awesome. well, I said Stoke, you know, you said Stokely. I'm like, you're on the right track because, yeah, like, yeah, I know. Yeah, I was gonna say white slot receiver, but no, <laughs> but the dude was like six five. Though. Yeah, you're right. That's a that is a great yeah. one. I love that. Awesome job, Kevin. You stumped us for good. That's that's a good one. Good stuff. And I love the I love the clues because they weren't your typical clues. Like usually we get like stat lines or years, and you were like giving us the Super Bowl, you know, matchups and everything. I love it. Great, great, great way to do that's that. Great. That was awesome. All right, fellas, that wraps the podcast up. Uh, we'll go around the room real quick. Uh, plug your Twitter handle one more time and then talk about anything you want to you talk about as far as what you're working on. We'll go to you first, Kevin. Well, thanks for having me, guys. This was awesome. Uh, anytime you guys want to have me on, uh, just let me know, and I'm, I'm here. Uh, find me at, uh, on Twitter, or X, as the kids call it, at KTompkinsII. Uh, of course, you work for Fancy Alarm, uh, Lightning Round podcast every Tuesday at 1 Eastern with Britt Flynn and Andrew Cooper. Uh, you can find my target report every Thursday on Fantasy Alarm as well, uh, as well as uh, if you do Survivor Pools, uh, do that uh, article as well every Thursday. Good stuff. All right, Ryan, what you got going on? Uh, Twitter, Foss 534 here every Wednesday night and over at the Dynasty Big Board podcast on uh, Wednesday mornings. Good stuff. Kevin, thanks for coming on, man. It's been awesome. Uh, way to end the show there too with stumping me and Ryan. It, it doesn't doesn't happen very often. We've been. I think it's. I think it's. A, I think it's the second time. Second time, I think the other one was was uh, was um, uh, uh, crap. Who's the guy from Canada? I can't think of his name now. The goat. The goat district. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, JD. Yeah, JD his, stumped us, but he had the worst. Clues, he had the clues. worst clues. His clues were bad. Though. Yeah. Who who was the player? Uh, it was the. Uh, I don't the, remember. It was the fullback. Uh, uh, Hillis? No, from uh, Cardinals. Centers. Yeah, Centers. Larry Centers. That's who his yeah. guy was. Great. It was a great uh, player. He's just his, 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 uh, his numbers weren't clues. so great. Yeah, his clues were terrible. Yeah. Yeah, so thanks for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, we would definitely love to get you back on again. Uh, I want to I rematch in that Forgotten Fantasy player because I want to see what you can come up for with sure. next. For sure. Yeah. All right, guys, for Ryan, for Kevin, I'm Jeff. We will see you all next week.